Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help, I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and an author. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I am a local GP. I'm an author, I'm a mum and we have six kids in our blended family. And Jo, today we're kind of doing a mashup of questions that have come in from quite a few different concerned parents because they're asking us to talk about some of the language that they hear from their teens they just don't know how to deal with. So it's things like, oh, go kill yourself or I'm so depressed or I'm suicidal or I have social anxiety. Those kinds of things, how seriously do they take it? How do you know when it's the real deal versus just something that they say to each other? It's pretty hideous to navigate. And so one of these was mum, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. She's actually got an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. And they're probably hearing, you know, saying a lot of these phrases. I know I used to, you know, hear, oh, my gosh, kill me now. I should say kill me now. (laughs) I don't really want anyone to kill me. Okay, okay, good. Good to know. Just to clarify things a little bit, (laughs) Joe. if you hear your kids saying something like, I'm suicidal, which I just kind of really freak when I hear that language because teen suicide Mm. is a thing and... A lot of people used to talk about the cry for help, which we now mm. know is absolute garbage. If, if a kid is looking like they're trying to commit suicide by taking a whole lot of pills, that is warning, 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 not a cry for help. That is actually very, very concerning. So how do you deal with language like I'm suicidal? As always, you've got to put it in context. You know, if they're just laughing one minute and then say, oh, my gosh, I'm suicidal because I've got all this homework to do, then, you know, you're not going to have those alarm bells ringing. But I think it is good to point out, hey, that's not a great thing to say. You know, this is a really serious issue. It is a big problem for a lot of people. And how would I ever know if you are seriously struggling if you flippantly say that? So how about you don't? But again, if there are other signs, like we keep saying, if there are changes and there are other signs of depression and they're not sleeping or they're socially withdrawn or they're listening to dark music or their art's really dark or they're not enjoying the things they used to say and then they joke about, oh my gosh, I'm just suicidal, that may not actually be a joke that might be giving you the heads up, this is how badly I'm feeling. So again, it's in the context of the rest of their behaviour and, you know, what have you noticed over time? I always like to diffuse with humour because I tend to laugh everything else, which is probably not the best thing in the world. But, you know, but one of the things is I do play to the fact that I am such a nerd by saying, oh my goodness, your nerdy mother, tell me, sorry, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Is sick good or bad? Is deadly good or bad? Is suicidal good or bad? 
And, okay, I can deal with all this language, but maybe the suicidal one, I can't handle that. That just freaks me out too much because if that were true, I wouldn't want to miss it because I love you and I'd want to help you, but I might miss it if it's just being thrown Mm. around all the time. So I normally just sort of go in with, I'm a nerd, just (laughs) help me out here. Forgive me, but the other problem these days is no one can just feel a bit down you know, they're depressed and no one can feel just a bit worried or nervous about something. They're socially anxious. Yes. So there's a label put on everything and that makes it really difficult because, you know, are they? (laughs) Are they really depressed or are they just feeling? There's a big difference between having depression and feeling a bit down because you're just feeling a bit blah at the moment. Or you know what, if you got left off a party invite, like what would it say about you if you were just like, oh, that's fine, I don't care. (laughs) Like if you go through life like a baby, bag with simply no emotions about anything, <laughs> I would be really worried about you. Like, I actually think, you know, I've got to check you for drugs. But like, that's actually a bit of a problem. It is normal to be worried when you've got looming deadlines of an assignment. It is normal to feel sad if you, you know, bummed out in an exam or got left off a party list. Or, and it's really normal to feel really distressed about the fact that you've got to break out of acne, right? <laughs> that's not fun. And it's okay to be worried about it. It doesn't mean that we need you to be seeing a psychologist and, you yeah. know, getting a mental health treatment plan and, you know, seeing the school counsellor, we need you to sit with some distress here and kind of be okay with that. We don't need to kind of numb out all of your feelings. But at the same time, there is a world between, wow, I'm really sad that I got left off that party invitation to I'm going to go kill myself. Mm. That's a very, very different conversation. And we parents have got to navigate that by walking through this minefield of language that seems just so over the top. Yeah. And you said such an important, you said a lot of important things just then, by the way, but a really important phrase you just said is sit with distress. And that is really important because again, this big change in that if I'm feeling distressed, I'm feeling any heightened emotion, what am I going to do to get rid of it? What can I do? Do I need to take a pill? Do I need to see someone? You know, what is the label I can have (laughs) to to stop it? And in fact, a lot of people are disappointed when they come to see a psychologist when they say, right, okay, what I'm going to do is teach you to sit with discomfort, sit with distress. And these are some strategies to do that. And they don't want that. No, I don't want to feel those emotions. Well, if you try and escape those emotions, you may be a beanbag, which does sound quite nice, doesn't it? But anyway, you may be a beanbag or you may start to avoid. And that's the trouble because if you don't learn to sit with distress, then that leads to avoidance and avoidance of social situations or avoidance of school or avoidance of, you know, anything that may cause you distress. It's the avoidance that really can trigger or set you on a path towards depression or an anxiety disorder. So we've got to be really careful. If you hear that your child is saying they're depressed or they're socially anxious, you just say, oh, you know, it sounds like that's quite understandable that you're feeling pretty down or you're feeling nervous about that or anxious. But, you know, I think that just sounds like normal distress and I've got heaps of empathy for you, but we don't need to run off and get that cured. Yeah, boom. I mean, it's such an important thing to really you know, emphasise to all of the parents who are listening to us, we need to help our kids feel stuff and feel sad and to empathise with them and not say, that's unacceptable. I'm going to talk to the teacher. Yeah, I'm yep. going to go talk to the teacher and say, there's just way too much homework. You can't have that much homework because you're feeling stressed by the homework. That doesn't help our kids. 
that helps our kids get into an avoidance situation and when they can't avoid something because there's this whole work thing and rent thing and paying bills thing that they have to navigate, (laughs) then they literally fall in a heap because they've never had to negotiate their feelings before, which is really not great for them. So we need to, as you say, slather them in empathy, tell them we know it's so hard and it really sucks and not jump in and try and take all their distress away from them if they're just feeling a bit sad but just also have our radar on so that if it is something bigger and they're consistently not wanting to eat dinner with a family, their academic grades are falling off, they're in with a different crowd, they're not sleeping, you're noticing big changes, that's when we say, no, this is not okay, now we're going to press the go button and actually get you some help. Not because we're trying to avoid your distress, but because we're trying to keep you alive and we're trying to keep you out of a disorder that will actually shrink your brain and actually not be great for you long term. Depression is a serious condition. We need to actually deal with it. But a little bit of anxiety in response to a a stressful situation is fine. So it's really important that, you know, as you say, we don't try and take their distress away because that can trigger some avoidance behaviour. But we also don't want to invalidate them. So that's the thing that we can do. They can say, I was left off this party list or, you know, I didn't get picked for this and I'm, you know, really depressed. We don't want to just say, oh, that's ridiculous either. Yeah. Because sometimes, just for some kids, if they don't feel like they're getting any of that understanding or validation or empathy, then they can escalate and say, okay, if you're not going to give it, I'll show you. I'll show you how distressed I am and so more attention-seeking behaviour or other ways to let you know that, hey, I'm struggling a bit here and I'd like some support. So all we need to say is I can see you're struggling. I can understand why. That's a bummer. That's, you know, hard for all of us. That's totally normal how you're feeling. Yeah, slather the empathy. I love that. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Okay, Ginny, our second question is, Hi, Ginny and Joe. I have a 12-year-old, nearly 13-year-old daughter who seems to be overeating. She's a happy child with no real problems in school or at home, but is increasingly putting on weight. I serve veggies with most meals and she does eat them. She plays netball and participates in school sports happily. We went shopping on the weekend and had to buy ladies size 12, edging towards 14 quickly. The family do participate in different sports and exercise on a regular basis, so I feel we are portraying a healthy lifestyle. I'd like some advice about how to discuss with her healthy eating and exercise, as I don't want her to be too self-conscious, but I'm afraid she will find things very difficult if she keeps going down this path. Thank you from a concerned parent. What a beautiful parent. So there's a lot to unpack in this, Jo. I find that a lot of 12-year-olds pudge up a bit. You know, it's often an age where they have their own pocket money, they're going to the shops, they're getting a bit of junk food, they like it, it's yummy, they're enjoying the autonomy, they're often walking to school and from school on their own, it's a great opportunity, they've got 
lunch money and they're going to the tuck shop and I wish more tuck shops were healthy, you know, in terms of the food offerings, but they're not. And a lot of them do pudge up. So what are we going to do? What about puberty? Yeah, especially at the early stages of puberty. I find 11, 12 is an age where they pudge up and that's where we've got to be so careful with Mm. the language because then... Often they get, you know, the loves on going to the gym or doing exercise or following all the Instagrammers and TikTokers who are, you know, clean eating and Mm. vegan and we all of a sudden end up in a problem. So we've got to be super careful not to go anywhere near the weight because at the end of the day, it's not about the weight. It's about her health. And this kid is not worried by her weight at all. She's pretty happy. Like she's not showing any signs of depression. She's not talking to her mum about it. She's eating happily, participating in everything. So let's not give her a complex and exactly what this parent is saying. They Mm. don't want to give them a complex. So how do you have the discussion? I guess these are the things that I'm thinking of. How much money does the kid have and how much is she spending on junk food? We know from studies, and I love that she's participating in exercise, Exercise is not a contributor to weight. We think it should be, but often when you see a teenager who loses a lot of weight really suddenly, and yes, they're often going to the gym and, you know, going for runs and whatever, but they're also dramatically reducing what they're eating. And studies show us that weight is about your food. It's not about your exercise. Not that exercise is not excellent for kids. It is, but it's not the issue here. The issue is what she's eating. And clearly, if you're making healthy meals at home with lots of veggies, that's not where the weight is coming from. So, Joe and I talk a lot about this in the new teenage, about the too much pocket money thing where they can use it buying stuff that is not in their best interest. So that is my first question is where is she getting the money from and what is she spending it on? Then comes a problem if you find out that your daughter's got money and that's what she's spending on, she's spending on junk food. Again, it's the language you talk to her about that the junk food's probably just not healthy for her. And so, again, it can't be about that junk food's going to make you fat and you're going to put on weight. It's going to be that junk food our bodies don't love it and talk about the inflammation and talk about, you know, that that's the fact it's sometimes food and it's not for every day after school. And, again, always just mentioning this is just for your well-being. This is just for your health because, as Ginny said, if you're modelling it with your eating, which you are, and your healthy lifestyle, then it has to be coming somewhere else. So talking to her also about what her friends like to do, what the friends like to eat, what are they all hanging out, doing what, and then, again, just pointing out, okay, well, you know, it doesn't sound that healthy because none of us would be sitting with our friends every day and having a, a lot of junk food because then that wouldn't be healthy for us. I'm wondering if a trip to the dentist is on the cards because if she suddenly pudged up a lot and we think she might be having a lot more junk food, that might be manifesting as a few like dental caries or, or holes in the teeth that need filling. And that can be the in. Oh, man, I didn't realise how much junk food you were having. <laughs> the dentist just threw you under a bus there. <laughs> yeah. But like, we better talk about that. And while we're at it, I actually think the whole family probably needs to be thinking about this. I reckon we're all eating a bit too much junk food. It's always a great idea if you can normalise it in the family rather than specifically pointing out one kid and saying that kid needs to eat less than everybody else or everybody else is going to have a hot chip night or popcorn night with movies and you can't participate. Mm. That's just, it's a bit rough going on the kid and it's all of a sudden a kid who's completely happy and thinks she's fine is all of a sudden going to go, hang on, what's wrong with me? So it's really good to sort of say, well, I didn't realise that we were all having too much junk food, but look at you, you had three fillings. That is not a great idea. (laughs) So a trip to the dentist might be a good in on that one. If she's starting to get a few pimples, FYI, 
no relationship between junk food and pimples whatsoever. That's an absolute furphy, but it's always a good conversation starter. There might be something in, I don't know, the pimples. Maybe we should be looking at the diet. I don't know, you know, just throwing things around that are not looking at weight, but are looking at health in general. If she's had a few too many colds, should we be looking at our diet? I don't know. What are you eating? What's happening at lunchtime? You know, you have lunch money on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I haven't even asked you, what are you having at lunchtime? Have a conversation with her that is more inclusive and does not mention anything about the dress size because that yes. doesn't matter. Or the W word. We don't talk about that. No, no. And, and we can talk to our kids about times in like, you know, when we go on holidays. We might go on a holiday and we eat so much more and we, you know, might be out of balance with our normal lifestyle and, of course, that's pretty typical but then we just come back to a normal lifestyle and normal diet and everything goes back to normal. But, you know, you, you can't eat and live like you're on holidays all the time because our body won't respond well to it. When she does clean up her act, because I'm going to say when we're going to get her pocket money, you know, reined in or let's get her saving for something and, you know, helping her save for something that she really wants, i.e. not spending it at Macca's every afternoon. And then she does start to look fabulous. We're not going to comment on it. No. We're not (laughs) going to say anything about, gee, you look fantastic. And a quiet word to aunties and grandma, no one's going to say, you look amazing. Look at you in those jeans. You were Mm. so chubby before. Wish I had legs like yours. Yes. Your legs are fabulous. You look like a supermodel. We're just not going to comment because that is almost a more dangerous time. In my view, that is the time these kids who chub up at 12 and then all of a sudden are getting amazing reinforcement for the food they're not eating, it can become a runaway train and that is a much more difficult problem to rein in than the problem you've got right yeah. now, I promise you. Yeah, that's really important, Ginny. And while we're at on things not to say, you also can't say anything about your own body. No, because <laughs> there's a big body of research that says that if we comment on, oh my gosh, look at my stomach, oh that's because I've had some babies, or look at my thighs, then our kids are listening to that and listening to us thinking, okay, this is bad. You know how we feel about our bodies relates to our whole self worth. So we never want to say that. We just want to talk about health. It's hard, but it's this period of time where you just really want to filter what you say, and as you say encourage because she's going to get that enough at school because if she does get these comments from friends who are saying, wow, you've lost weight, you know, what did you do? That's already going to be triggering. So if she says anything or you hear anything like that, you say, oh, my gosh, you know, that's a silly way to think. (laughs) You're, You're just healthy. That's who you are. Yeah, because I, I think around this age, a lot of her friends have going to chubbed up a little bit as well, and they're all going to hit the green eating, the clean eating, the vegan, the whatever yo-yo thing they're going to go on that's going to be hot off the press from some amazing TikToker, and she might be dragged into it by them, even if it's not by you, and how you handle that situation is going to be really, really important. So it's great that you're thinking about this now and well done for reaching out to us because I think it's a hard thing to do and we're here for everybody who wants to send us a question. (laughs) Um, We're super keen to answer these. These are great questions and so normal. Joe and I see this every single day. You're not alone. But that's all we've got time for this week. And as Ginny said, if you've got a question, please email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. And if you like this show, please share it with your friends. Send it along, text it to them, WhatsApp it to them, whatever you want to do. And before we go, thank you for anyone listening who has become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. 
For more information, there's a link in our show notes. And this episode was produced as usual by Emmeline Pedersen. I'm Jo Lamble. And I'm Ginny Mansberg. And see you next week. 